Welcome to the Small Waller Podcast. My name is Trevor Ruddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who needs to make some steak tacos again soon. Brand Siegel, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Look, Trevor, the, the steak tacos are on. They're per, they're f- you can order them up whenever you want. We'll we'll make it happen. All right. You know how much I love the steak tacos. I might have to make that cook that up this week or something like that because boy, do I love steak tacos. I don't know if there's there's many things better than that. Um, they they are just lovely, but. Um, we do have all the members on the podcast here today. So the third member of our podcast is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you? Brandon, I'm fantastic. I'd be a lot better if you would have, I don't know, maybe cooked steak tacos for me in the three years that we lived together. But it's not. It's fine. I, it's cool. I just settled for your 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 world your freaking grilled cheese or whatever. But now you've upgraded to steak tacos, whatever. I've moved on. Yeah, well, I've upgraded to a lot of things because now I like cooking. It's unfortunate. Um. <clears throat> Ben, because I mean, you were the chef at a point in time. I don't know. We could tell the chicken story if you want, or we could pass for today. It's up to you. <laughs> uh, we don't. We, we don't have to worry about that. That's that does. That's. We not don't need relevant. to get into that today. Yeah. Maybe a story for another time. Um, but yeah, you know, now that I'm chefing it up a little bit, I I I do some work in the kitchen. I mean, it's nothing crazy, uh, but you know, like like I do have world famous grilled cheese, you know, recognized by many chefs around the world. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some people say about my cooking. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be Have you, have you made your grilled cheese for Trevor? I don't know what say. I don't think I have made a world famous for Trevor. No. No, Trevor's not. I don't Trevor doesn't have that much cheese. You don't need that much cheese. No, not really. So it's, it wouldn't be a popular item. Uh, I have made it for Addie, my girlfriend, and, and she, she understood. She was like, I get why this is wanted to be like sold in cookbooks. And I'm like, yep. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That just, for a second. Some people say it's okay. just cheese and bread, but that's exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has a very refined, she has a very refined palate. So, you know, it's, it's, okay. yeah, she's basically a, a, a connoisseur. Uh, so I don't know. But all right, we'll, we'll, we'll continue on here. We got, we got a lot to talk about in today's podcast. First up, we got to talk about college basketball. We had so many upsets yesterday. Am I, if I'm right, one, two, and four all lost? Well, in the past couple of days. Past one, couple two, days. One, two, and four have lost. One, two, yeah. and four all lost. So, Trevor, I don't know where you want to start. There's probably so many games we could quickly discuss. Um, but wherever you want to start, let's start there. Yeah, I think we can kind of start with the ACC SEC challenge because a lot of these games were really solid. Um, the first of which was Kentucky Miami. Now, as far as this wasn't, you know, a close game, uh, but it was very impressive from Kentucky. They won this game 95 to 73. Um, and this Kentucky team is super fun. They have a lot of really talented, uh, guys, uh, Reed Shepard, the freshman and, uh, Robert Dillingham. I, I think I talked about him before a really solid in this particular game. Uh, Shepard had 21 points. Um, Antonio Reeves had 18. So really good win from Kentucky. Now, um, just a few days later, Kentucky took a pretty bad loss um, to, to uh, who was it? Uh, I think it was UNC Wilmington. Um, I can't find it for some reason, but I'm pretty sure UNC Wilmington. Yeah, UNC Wilmington yesterday beat them 80 to 73. So that's just one of the many upsets that we've seen, um, which is really interesting here. I mean, it's March already. It's I mean, the month, it, it says December. When you open your phone, you look at the calendar, it says December. But uh, that is wrong. It's actually March already. So very interesting. Uh, some of the other games in the ACC-SEC Challenge, we had Clemson beating Alabama, uh, 85-77. We had uh, the next day on Wednesday, we had Virginia, a little bit of an upset over Texas A&M, who was ranked 14th, 59-47. And then we had Arkansas beating number 7 Duke. 
80 to 75. Um, then obviously the big time matchup, North Carolina, Tennessee, um, North Carolina had, had a big lead wire to wire. Tennessee made it look a little bit closer toward then, but North Carolina really kind of destroyed Tennessee in this mm-hmm. game. I thought you see the halftime score 61 39 at halftime. Yeah, they yeah. were, uh, I mean, I, I, I was checking the score of this game and I was like, yeah, I don't even know if I actually need to, I was like, I wanted to watch the second half and then I tuned in. It was a blowout. And I was like, yeah, Tennessee got scored in 53, 53, 39 in the second half. So yeah, they killed them in the second time. half, but garbage, it's two halves of basketball time. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. UNC dominated this game. Very impressive from them. RJ Davis, 27 points made five as threes. Armando Baycott, obviously really solid player, 22 and 11 uh, for him. So, Good game for North Carolina. Other than that, uh, I guess we can go to some of the upsets, really, because, well, actually, I forgot one one of the, probably the best game of the entire week, which was Kansas-UConn. Um, Kansas won this game 69-65. This was the marquee matchup of the week, and Kansas did win it. Um, Kevin McCuller, 21 points. KJ Adams with 18. And Brandon, you mentioned what, what you, you told me this morning, because I didn't realize yeah. the, the story with KJ Adams. This is, I... Such a enormous shout out to KJ Adams. Uh, you know we don't want to get too sad here. I, I Ben, did you see about KJ Adams? Did you see the story? I did. Yes. Yeah. So I I'm I'm hoping I don't butcher any of the details too much. I believe his is it's very unfortunate. Rest in peace. His mother passed away earlier in the week, um, and he's still playing this game. Not only did he play in this game, he was the he was the second squanders team with 18 points, shot 60 percent from the field, played 38 minutes, and then that night he flew home. Uh, for the funeral so i mean an example of immense <clears throat> mental fortitude i not something i could do for sure so big shout out to him big shout out to kansas for winning this game um and you know that obviously that's a that's a it's a sad story but you know they rallied behind it and they got an enormous win against uconn yeah absolutely i mean kansas as as per usual they're one of the best teams in the country like they have been every year since pretty much almost every year bill self's been there they only have one loss the slip up against Marquette a couple weeks ago, but other I mean, than that's that, a good loss. Yeah. yeah Marquette's just... one of the best teams too. So it's like, yeah, they've looked very good, very impressive win there. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was just going to mention some of the other upsets. Yep. Um, I mentioned the Kentucky one, they got beat, uh, Villanova. They fall, they fell twice this week, actually. Um, after their impressive Atlantis went over North Carolina last week, they lost to St. Joseph's and Drexel this week. So, uh, you know, that's that's obviously not great. Villanova struggled to score a little bit in the Drexel game, only 55 points. So not great from Villanova. Um, we'll see if they can bounce back in their next one. Other than that, Duke lost um, in their latest game um, as well. So they lost to Arkansas. They just lost to Georgia Tech yesterday. Georgia Tech, a team who they beat two ranked teams this week, Duke and uh, Mississippi State. Coach, Big shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to Georgia Tech, playing really well. Coached by uh, Damon Stoudemire, former Arizona legend, so they're you know they're interesting. Georgia Tech's certainly not a team preseason anyone was even considering as being like a really solid team, and they've they have taken some bad losses. So maybe this isn't a thing that's maybe it's just kind of a good week for them. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. They got destroyed by Cincinnati last week, so we'll see if this is actually uh, a thing they can continue to do. Um, but yeah, any other games? Um, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, just a lot of upsets again. College basketball has already been very interesting. Um, I, it's hard for me to figure out who 
are the true like I was legit say, contenders here right now. Who do you think it is? I don't know if you mentioned this too. Uh, Wisconsin beat Marquette. I don't know if you yes. you mentioned that by eleven. Who and I know the, you're very high on Marquette. Um, who do you think like just quickly here? Little little ending ending question. Who do you think is the best team right now? Like right as it sits right now. If you had to say one, I I don't know. I mean because Marquette just lost, Purdue also just lost to Northwestern. Um, I mean, Arizona looks really good. They are, you know, uh, still undefeated. They're one of the few undefeated teams we have left. So I think you could make an argument for Arizona. Um, they beat Duke earlier in the year. They beat Michigan State. They're oh, but that's still, not an impressive win. It is pretty impressive. No, no. Um, they're still they're still undefeated. Um, they play Wisconsin next Saturday, and then they actually play Purdue um, on Saturday, December sixteenth. So. Right now, those teams are one and two. Purdue lost, so they're going to fall. But regardless, that Purdue-Arizona game is one I'm looking forward to. But I was going to say, we're going to have to tune into that game, Trevor, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I, I guess you can say Arizona due to the fact that they have not slipped up yet. They haven't been beaten, uh, whereas Purdue has fallen to a team they shouldn't have lost to. Marquette, same thing. Um, and, you know, like, can I mean, Kansas is still right there, you know. So I, I guess I'd go Arizona, but like, I don't know. All of these teams are kind of figuring out like uh, a lot of things with their lineup, their rosters, trying to get that chemistry. So there, there's no one team that stands out, but I guess I'd say Arizona at the moment. Interesting. All right. Well, Arizona it is. Let's keep on moving along here to college football. And boy, do we got to talk about college football because I think a dream scenario happened. Um, but I don't for know Michigan if we wanted fans. to, huh? For Michigan fans, it was a dream. Scenario. I think everyone in college football Maybe wins. Not, when... Maybe not. No, I wanted to lose. I, yeah, I... honestly, potentially not. It potentially, might, it's might very be bad a disaster for Michigan fans. For Michigan fans. It, 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 potentially, they could have been playing like Texas or Washington, and they might have to play Alabama. So I don't know. It, it might not be a, a great scenario. But I, I we'll get into it in a second. Do we want to debrief the games at all um, and talk about any of these, Trevor? Yeah, I mean, I think there's really two that that were interesting. The first of which was Washington, Oregon. Yep. Um, and Washington gets the win. They had the lead essentially the entire yep. game. Oregon definitely came back a little bit. They had some fight in the end, but they they Washington was in the driver's seat that whole game. Yeah, and and I was very impressed when we were watching this together, Brandon, by Michael Penix Jr. and those receivers. Again, we've talked about it a little bit, and everyone that covers college football has talked about it. Um, the receiver, well, I mean, they have a, quite a few really good receivers. Uh, Rome Dunes, I think is how you pronounce it. Jalen McMillan, both of them had over 100 receiving yards. These receivers are exceptional for Washington. They made Oregon secondary look like high schoolers out there on some of those plays. And Michael Penix Jr. had quite a few really good throws, I thought. So Oregon does hang on, or uh, Washington does hang on, even though Oregon makes the late push. Um, and yeah, I mean, Washington, they're, they're undefeated. They've beaten, I mean, they played a tough schedule and they've won all of their games. It's very impressive. Washington is a very, very impressive team. I think I I think they should be right in the conversation um for one of the best teams in the nation. I think it's rightfully so. They went undefeated. They have um some pretty solid wins. You know, they have wins over Arizona. They beat uh they beat uh Oregon twice, they beat USC, Utah, Oregon State. Uh, all of these are very, very solid wins. I really like Washington. It's going to be interesting if they play like a team like Michigan or, uh, I mean, it's probably not going to happen anymore, like a Georgia who have very sound defenses. I'd be very excited to see them play one of those teams. But Washington, very good shot at winning it all. They are a very good football team. Yeah, I agree. And they have, I think, the best quarterback 
of any of these teams that are going to be in the playoff. In my opinion, you might disagree with me, Brandon, but that's from what I've seen. I think Michael Penix Jr. is the best. I mean, frankly, he might be the best quarterback in college football. He's definitely in the running for it. I um, yeah, I actually think that's not that crazy. I, I think in terms of talent, that's crazy. But in, in terms of as a college quarterback, yeah, as a college quarterback, he probably is the best, like, to be honest. I mean, Jane Daniels obviously had his exceptional season with LSU. He probably but he's not going to be in the playoff. Yeah, he's yeah. Not, exactly. He's not going to be in the playoff. So if we're talking about like quarterbacks, they're going to be in the Actually, playoff. I, I don't think Penix that's Jr. I think, is the best. I agree. I think I think Penix is the best. I, I, I think I would agree with that. Um, I mean, in terms of talent, there's well, there's probably three that are close. I mean, Penix is mocked like top 15, top 20 in most drafts. Um, it's, it's, it's right around where McCarthy's been mocked. McCarthy's probably a little bit later. I'd say Penix is, is mocked ahead of him or, I mean, they're close. Um, Quinn Ewers, obviously in terms of talent, I'd say Quinn Ewers probably is the most talented of the guys in, in the comfortable playoff. Um, but he's, he's, you know, a year out here from, or, uh, no, he technically could go in the draft, but he's not going to go yet. Um, so yeah, I, I actually agree. I think, I think he probably is the best quarterback that'll be in the playoff. No matter what, if it's Alabama, Florida state, doesn't matter. He'll be the best. Yeah, but I mean that's the that's one of the games. The other one obviously is Alabama Georgia. Um, Alabama takes them down. I think I saw a stat that Kirby Smart is forty and zero against teams not named Alabama, and he's one and two against Alabama. Um, so that that's interesting. I mean, Nick Saban and Alabama. A lot of people were doubting them. I think throughout the year there, and he, you know, in the post game, they're like, "Oh, we proved the naysayers wrong," and that whole stuff. I mean, Alabama looked awesome. Jalen Milrow. A guy who, when I watched him earlier in the season, I was not impressed. I thought he made a he lot of improved mis- a lot. Yeah, I think I year. think he improved a lot because when I watched him again in that Texas game, some of those early season games didn't really. I was like, I don't really see it. He's not. He's making some mistakes. I, I don't think they can really win it all with him. But now they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game. He has an impressive game. And Alabama looks really good. They look really good. And this was in a fantastic game, as usually these games typically are. Look, I I think with the with the Alabama thing, it's 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 similar to Georgia. I don't think either of the quarterbacks are great. I do think Mo Rowe is playing a lot better. But when you have these just like uber talented teams, it's it's easy to s- skate by. And then when you play even better than average, which Milrow has, he's played pretty well. That's a dangerous team. Um, so Alabama is a, a a very good football team. Now, do they get in? Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if we're getting to this topic here in a second. Um, is there any other games you want to talk about before I, because I, I got a whole rant here. No, all, all of the other games sucked. Yeah, all the other games did stink. I mean, Michigan went 26 nothing. That that was that's fine. Florida State on their third string quarterback went 16-6. Texas destroyed Oklahoma State. We don't need to talk too much about those. Let's talk about the playoff. Um, to me, we have three confirmed teams in. I think most people would agree. Uh, I think, I mean, all of us should agree. I know Ben agrees. It's, I don't know. I think you agree uh, that uh, Michigan, Washington, Texas, they all... Like, Texas, Texas is not a lock at all. I I think for sure Texas there's two, is a lock. There's two confirmed teams. I I I Michigan, think you'd be Washington. in the minority in that opinion, yeah, for sure. I guess so. I I'm um I guess Texas. All these, everyone's taking crazy pills except me. <laughs> I mean, they did beat Alabama, which is a, a great head-to-head win. They had one loss to a top 15 team, um, and that game was a very close loss, similar to Alabama's one loss, a very close loss. Um, I will also say we also should mention another thing about Alabama. Alabama should not have won versus Auburn. <laughs> they they played a very close game against an Auburn team that is 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 all right. Um, but the last team, we, there's there's uh, there's going to be a debate. I was so happy when Alabama won and Florida State won because 
Florida State is 13-0. They're number four in the nation. Um, they just won their conference championship. They, there's nothing more Florida State could do to show the committee that they deserve to be in there. They won a Power 5 conference. Um, they beat plenty of ranked teams this year. Uh, they have very similar resume markup as Alabama. They have very, very similar resume markup. They, they're almost equal at every single number. Um, and one didn't lose a game and one did. So here's the question, and it's I think this is what the committee has to answer is, do we put who is the most deserving in the final four, or do we put who are the best four teams? The whole year, they've been saying, we are going to put the best four teams in. But they haven't shown that. When Ohio State beat Penn State, they put them ahead of Michigan and Georgia. I came on the podcast and said that was the right decision. They have the best resume win, and it was the right decision. But I don't think anyone would have said that Georgia was worse than Ohio State at that point in time. I don't think anyone would reasonably have said that. I think maybe you can make an argument, but I don't know. Most people would have said that Georgia is better than than uh, Ohio State. When Georgia got that quality win, they beat Ole Miss. That was a top 10 win at the time. Georgia got put ahead of Ohio State. I'm like, this seems very fair to me. That seems like a reasonable thing. We we think Georgia is better. They now have a quality win. When Michigan beat Penn State, they didn't move them up. They're like, this is the same win. We think Ohio State might be a little bit better. And I'm like, okay, fine. Michigan beat Ohio State. Michigan got put ahead of Ohio State. Ohio State got dropped down. So, so far, they have shown, hey, your resume matters. If we put Alabama in over Florida State, does does anything matter in the regular season, really? Does it matter? Florida State did everything they could. They won their conference. They won 13 games. They deserve to be in. It doesn't matter if their quarterback's hurt. At the same time, does anyone here, I'll ask you guys, Does if Alabama and Florida State were to play, Alabama would be 12 point. Uh, favorites, at least, right? Yeah. Yep. Ben, would you say you agree? At least. Yeah, at least. They would be sure. overwhelming favorites. So if we're putting the best four teams, Alabama should be in. But at that point, I mean, should should Georgia and Ohio State be in? Ohio State played Michigan close. Is, is Ohio State one of the best teams? I mean, they played the number one team in the nation close. Should they be in? And it was away. Should they be in? Georgia played Alabama super close. Their only loss, which Alabama... Potentially might be a top four team, top five team. Should they be in? Does 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 uh, Florida State not playing uh, a top ten team? Does that matter? Are they the best team? I think we need to have some un- uniformity here. And Trevor, you made a good point. Maybe you can talk about it a little bit because you made this point. You're like Texas shouldn't be a lock just because they beat Alabama. Um, they have a loss. Why would they be a lock? Yeah, why would they be a lock if they had a loss? Yeah. So I I, I see what you're saying. To me. I think they like surely are locked. They won. They they did everything they can better than the other two teams. They did. Except they lost Oklahoma, though. Yeah. 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 They lost Oklahoma, but that that would put them still ahead of Alabama because they beat Alabama, and their resumes are very similar. To me, it also puts them close. Now, I do understand this argument. You're like, well, then Florida State should be ahead because you're like Florida State's resumes, but they they won all their games. I think that is perfectly reasonable. However, on paper. Texas has a better resume. They have a better win. So to me, I'm putting Texas ahead of Florida State. And the four should be, this is what I think they should do. The four should be, and I, I would be fine with Florida State being at 3-2. I think that is reasonable, and I think your argument is super sound. Maybe you want to go into it here in a second. To me, the four should be Michigan at one, Washington at two, Texas at three, and Florida State at four. Interesting. Now, Trevor, if you want to go into, if you want to go into your stuff, I think... You can't just not put Florida State in. They won every single game, and they are deserving to be there. Not that Alabama isn't necessarily deserving, but they're deserving to be there. 
They should be. If you want to go into your thing about Florida State, because I think your thing is very interesting, Trevor. You make a really good argument. Well, so <clears throat> I think I think just overall, I would I the only issue I would have is if the committee is not consistent. And I think you're for Brandon. I think it's inconsistent. I think it has inconsistent logic that contradicts itself. So for me, if you're gonna have Michigan and Washington are locks. That's obvious. They're undefeated. They both won their conferences. They both have great wins. They're both excellent football teams. They're one and two. You can debate the order. I think it's, it doesn't matter, but you can debate the order. You can argue Washington should be number one. I think it's very close. I don't really know. I mean, I think, honestly, if I'm looking at it here, honestly, I would put Washington one now that I'm looking at it because they've beaten Oregon (laughs) twice. They've beaten Oregon State on the road. I think their resume is better than Michigan's. I do. So I would actually have Washington in one. I would have Michigan at number two. And then the three and four just depends on, you You can have two schools of thought. If you think that head-to-head is like a trump card, and that's like, that. That's what, which I agree. I do think it is, which is why Texas is above Alabama, in my opinion, even though I think Alabama is a better football team probably. But again, I'm doing this based on resume, not strictly the best four teams, because if you do it best four teams, it's all opinions. It's all subjective. There's no measuring stick. There's no consistency. You're just like, these are the best four teams, and it's all different opinions that counteract each other. So based on resume, Texas beat Alabama. They should be ahead of Alabama. Now, the other thing is, is Florida State's undefeated based on based on the teams they played, based on like, do they look more impressive than either Texas or Alabama? In my opinion, they don't. I think Alabama and Texas are both better teams than mm-hmm. Florida State is. So I'm actually okay. I would be okay if Florida State was left out. I would be okay with it if Texas, like if Texas is number three and Alabama is number four and Florida State's out, I'd be okay with it. However, I think them going undefeated, and yes, like their schedule is objectively weaker than Alabama's. It's object- objectively weaker than Texas because Texas has more impressive wins. They beat Alabama. Alabama beat Georgia. Those are more impressive wins. The resume, as far as the, the teams they beat, is better. However, Florida State did not lose. And they do have some impressive wins. They beat LSU. They beat Duke. It's not nothing. It's not as good as Alabama and Texas, but it's not nothing. So I would have Florida State at three, and I would have Texas at four. That would be my four. Washington one, Michigan two. Florida State three, Texas four, even though those aren't the best four teams. But again, we have to be consistent. So those are my four. Yeah, let's quickly, let's talk about the Florida State thing. You say they don't have a good win. They beat a top five LSU away by 21 points. Top five, they're number 13. They are now. When they beat them, they were top five. Yeah, but they're not. I mean, they were they were overrated in the preseason. But, but then it doesn't. I, I mean, they were overrated a little bit, but that doesn't matter. That's the, if we're talking about top whatever wins. Like. Georgia technically doesn't have a top ten win. In that case, I I didn't even Georgia Georgia's not in my playoffs. No, I know, but I'm saying like you were saying Georgia's like the best. Like you were saying, I mean, before the podcast, you're like Georgia's still the best team, but they're based. Yeah, they, they. I do think they're the best team based on me watching them and thinking that they're the best team. Although I I think I think Washington and Michigan are both there with them. I think Alabama's. Are, if we're if we had the best four teams, it would be. It would be a combination of Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Washington. It would probably be those four, honestly. Georgia, yeah, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Washington. Those are the best four teams, in my opinion. But again, it's it's resume. Yeah, I think that's it's reasonable. It's tough because you have to have a little bit of 
You can't just do only resume and you can't just do only eye test. You, you know, you do. It, yes, you can. Well, you you can't because if it's just resume, there's there's resume teams that would be like way higher, way lower that probably don't deserve it. But you're but do you see how because the main the main sticking point here is your logic of putting Texas at three above four, which again, it doesn't really matter. It's just matchup purposes. We still have the same four teams. Yeah. But in the sense of being consistent year to year and looking at it the same way in 2023 and 2024 and 2025, we should be consistent. We shouldn't change the way we evaluate it based on the year to make it fit whatever narrative we want. So having Texas above Florida State, when Florida State's undefeated, and you said they beat LSU, that's a really impressive win. It is. They're undefeated. They didn't lose. Texas lost to Oklahoma. So why don't you have Florida State at three? So, again, I, I think it needs to be a combination of both. And and it's this is like the challenge is it's like how much, like what percentage of both, what do we do? Because if we look back at other years, you know, and like what the committee's done, the year Cincinnati went undefeated. I mean, but by, by your logic, they should have been number one. They killed everyone. They even beat some good teams. And well, they, I, I don't remember that off the top of my head. My point being is that, like, if your logic is that, like, it's just by resume, then your top three teams should be the undefeated teams. Because that should be all that not, matters. Just not, the record's undefeated. That's it. Not not only on record, because but Florida State d did still have some good wins. Yeah. They did still have some good wins. And then you do ultimately have them at three, so, like, that makes sense. But yeah. I'm saying, like, it's it's— there's a big challenge because you want the four best teams in, but you also want the four most deserving teams in. You know, it doesn't feel right to leave Florida State out, but at the same time, it's weird to leave Alabama out or Georgia out potentially, or even maybe Ohio State out. It's tough. Next year, obviously, this fixes with 12 teams. I actually, I really do like your logic. I think it makes sense, and I think you, you have a very sound argument. Ben, let's throw it to you because we haven't heard from you here for a second. What do you think the top four teams should be? I have no idea because again, it comes down to well, who it, do you, is it the four teams that deserve it or the four teams that the best four teams? Um, and I think it's going to be a com. I, I I think it's going to be a combination of both. I just what I think is going to happen is I think Alabama is going to make it over Florida State. That's what I think will happen. I think Alabama is going to um, make it too. And selfishly, that's what I want to see happen because I don't want to see a Michigan versus Florida State game. That's going to be a terrible game. A Michigan versus Alabama game is going to be a way better game. Um, so I'd want to see that. Um, I also just think. I don't know. I I I don't know. I I literally have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, it's I, I don't even have an, I don't even have an what answer. Is, what do you think? I don't Throw know. out four I, teams. I think Alabama is going to make it. I think it's going to be. <laughs> I think it's going to be Michigan. I think it's going to be Washington. I think it's going to be uh, Texas. I think it's going to be Alabama. But I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. Because again, be? it's subjective. And you're in, in who should it be? It should be those four teams. Florida for State should make it. They're not for good. You who? Okay, so you're more. Okay, so you're more best teams. Then yeah, because I want to see a good game. I don't want to see Michigan destroy Florida State by forty points. Which is what would happen, right? What if, what if what if Alabama lost that Auburn game like off some crap, like a like just like a crappy call, and the game was flipped? Then the, this would be an easier well, Alabama conversation. Would be, yeah, yeah, Alabama, Alabama wouldn't be, be a conversation. Part of it. But would Alabama would be a drastically different team if there was just like a crappy call in that game? I mean, yeah, if you have two losses, you don't make it. If you two losses, you just don't make it. No, I know, but Ben, you're saying you want the four best teams, and you're saying Alabama is probably one of those four best teams. I'm saying like, what if? Well, I said I said it's a combination of both. Because if I really want the four best teams, then Georgia would be in there. So I said it has to be a combination of both. Yes. Um, but I also said I have no idea. I literally couldn't tell you. And here's why I'm I'm picking those four teams. Because Heather Dinich, who works for ESPN, follows this more close than anyone. She's essentially in the room with these reporters, and she thinks it's going to be those four teams. So I'm going to trust her because she's pretty. She's usually right. She would know it more than anyone. That's so. That's why. 
yeah, that's all. That's all fine. I just want to know what Ben O'Brien. Well, he said. He said do. he he agrees. With I that. don't know. He says he wants the four best teams. I told you I have no idea. I literally couldn't tell you. I'm. <laughs> I, I don't want to have to make the decision because I don't know. have a decision to make. Here's the ultimate thing. This is the final thing I want to talk about here with this. The number one team is going to be correct. It is the number one team Washington? the entire year, and that is the Michigan Wolverines. I have that's been crazy, Brandon. Since the because start, of, I thought they of were the us best three, team in the nation. you were by far the lowest of of Michigan of us three. That's not even not even up for no. debate. I, Brian, Trevor and I nope. have been saying since August that there's no way they don't win the national championship. And you were all like, I don't know. We got to see what happens. And I've been saying since August, well, there's no way they don't win. I don't no know if I can they they're going to win the national championship because you never know what's going to happen. But I well, do think they're the saying, best team It in took the you until I've December been to say, that since the start. say they're the best team. I've been saying there's no way they're not the best no, team. No, I, I said at the beginning of the year. I said before no, the year no, started. No, no, That's not no, true. You, that's not true at all. I said they're the best team in the nation. No, no. You were not nearly as high on Michigan as Trevor and I were. So now you're jumping on the bandwagon in December. That's I 100% see what you're doing. Also, <laughs> I think it's crazy. Hold on. No, no, no. crazy that the Michigan just fan the over to here. Understand, just for the listeners to understand. I want the listeners to understand. Ben and Trevor every game are like, Michigan's going to win by 500 because they're trying to reverse jinx them. So this no, is Ben I, saying I'm being honest. that he's I been higher the on them. I, everyone knows if you were listening to this podcast at the start of the season, I said Michigan's the best football team. They are. They're the best college football team. And they are going to be the best college football team. I think they will win the national championship. I, I, I gave that. That was my pick at the beginning of the year. I thought they beat Georgia. They're pretty. Trevor thought North Carolina was going to play Georgia. What's going on with that? They <laughs> stink. Pretty, Michigan, Michigan's very lucky that Georgia's not going to be in the playoffs. I just Michigan, think it's crazy love, that the Michigan I, fan over the thing, here to me, wants Florida to me, State to be the four situation. seed because he's too afraid to play Alabama. Gonna be, that's that's, 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 that's embarrassing I, for you, Brandon. What I'm, Mickey Mouse that's embarrassing what I'm about to say you. right now, this is a win-win for me because if they play Alabama, they're going to beat Alabama. I think they'll beat Alabama. And if they don't play Alabama, they're going to beat Florida State. And guess what? If they play anyone in the country, they're going to beat them. All right? So whoever they play, they're going to beat. So it's a win-win scenario for me. You're right. If we never know, we never know. A championship is championship. When we look back in 10 years, it's not going to be like on the banner. Oh, they didn't play Alabama, so it's our star next to it. No. It's going to say 2023 national or 2024 national champion, and that's what it's going to say. I I will never forget. I will never forget that Michigan, if they win a national championship, they didn't actually have to ever play the best team in the country. You know what? You're right. That means instead of diamonds on the ring, it's going to be fake diamonds. <laughs> oh, no. It'll actually still be real diamonds because it'll be a real, real championship. Uh, nothing will be able to take this away from Michigan. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that people say, oh, they stole some signs. Or, oh, Jim Harbaugh recruited weird and he bought a kid a burger. I don't care. They're, if they win, they win. It does not matter. They won. They won. You know what's crazy? They beat Ohio State after the sign stealing stuff. They didn't have Jim Harbaugh there. They didn't have the guy that supposedly was stealing all these signs illegally. None of that was there. Ohio State didn't do signs on the field you know, like they normally do. And they still beat them. If, Again, for if, the third straight if, year. If this, if we were in 2016 and the New England Patriots were accused of sign stealing, you'd mm-hmm. be mentioning it every single podcast. Do you want to know the why? Patriots are cheaters. They sign Do you want to know why? Because in the cares? NFL, in the NFL, it is illegal to steal signs. In the NCAA, it's not. But, but, but what Michigan did was illegal. But, that's not like it's not like that. That is true. They stole signs. <laughs> that's an irrelevant they an, conversation. They got an advantage. Hold I'm on, just saying. Just so we can clarify, this fits, your, this fits Brandon's narrative because it's his favorite team. If it was uh-huh. the New England Patriots or the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they stole signs, he would hate it. If it was Ohio State stealing signs, Michigan State stealing signs, every, he would oh, hate both it. Both of those teams do steal he, signs. He would hate it. it is openly known that every college football team steals signs. Well, let's, let's clarify this because I don't know how much we talk about this in the podcast. Michigan stole signs like every team steals signs. Every team in college football steals signs. I agree with you. Yeah, it's not illegal. What, what they, they did what they that did was, was very illegal. wrong. What they what they did what that was very wrong is they went to games and they did scouting in person, which they are not allowed to do. Let's make it abundantly clear. 
There is no competitive advantage from that. And it is crap if anyone says that. Everyone steals signs. But everyone they still knows broke the rule. Signs. They just so did you, it. Hold so on. you can argue that the rule is stupid illegal, or illegal, but they still ben, broke hold the on. rule. Hold on, Ben. Ben, hold on. There was no competitive they, advantage in Deflategate, but yeah. they well, that there is, is true, the, when there the footballs are deflated. Ju- there justice was for the Patriots. The, when the footballs are deflated, <laughs> I'm, I'm just and you know I'm the, just using fo- the same logic. No, no, no. no. Deflated footballs are only used by one team. They were the only team deflating them. They they played better without the deflated footballs. Uh, it doesn't matter if there you was no pr- conceive advantage. a competitive advantage in that way. There was no competitive, competitive advantage. advantage. Deflating footballs are a competitive advantage, but that's not that's neither here nor there. That's nothing to do with this issue. He's being a hypocrite right now. Let's say I want to I want to make this abundantly clear. There is no competitive advantage from what Michigan did. However, they deserve penalty and they should get penalty for it. I don't. I think there will be because you're a rule follower. Okay, (laughs) that has nothing to do with this. They should they should be penalized because they did break the rules. And I, I, Harbaugh got a three game suspension. There probably will be more of a suspension whenever the NCAA decides. And he, whatever happens, should happen. It happened under Harbaugh's rule. He should be suspended. So I want there to be abundantly clear. People are like, oh, this is a Mickey Mouse championship because they stole signs. That is complete crap. <laughs> that does not matter at all. Every team steals signs. In fact, teams don't use signs against Michigan now because of this garbage, and they still win. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I agree with that. Does not matter. But let's keep on moving along here. Let's get past the NCA. We'll see what the committee does at 3 o'clock today. I'm excited. I really hope that all the SEC, Ohio State, Clemson, they're all and, out. And you, and you really want Florida State to be number four so Of course bad. I do. Why would I not want them to play an easier team? That's I want my team to win. That makes sense. That's that, Of course I, I want think, Florida State to be I it. just think you, However, you sound scared. I don't that's think it matters. Very, that's not very Michigan of you to be playing scared. I, yeah, I, I, I feel like my stance has been very clear, Ben. I, I would love them to play Florida State. It's an easier opponent. If they play Alabama, they're still going to win. I would welcome the challenge. Okay. It's perfectly fine by me. They're going to win either game. Let's move on, though, here. Let's get a little bit to the professional sports and go to the NBA. We definitely got to check in at least a little bit um, on the NBA here, Trevor. Um, first thing I see you got written on a note here is about the Bucks. How, how, what's, how are the Bucks doing it with this, this new core they have with Dame? Yeah. So I wanted to check in on two teams today. The first of which is the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and they are now 14, six, they had a little bit of a slow start. Um, the defense has been in a little bit of an issue. They're giving up 118 points per game. Um, it's, it's, it's not great. That's, uh, let's see, that is fifth worst in the Eastern conference. Um, so that is not great. However, and, and I was, I was talking about this, they're going to be one of the best offenses in the NBA. Um, and they've, they've been up there. They're, they're third in offense in the Eastern conference in the entire league. Um, it looks like they are also number three. Um, so number three offense in the NBA at the moment. Um, the defense, yes, it's going to struggle. Damian Lillard is obviously nowhere near as good of a defender as Drew Holiday, but their offense improves. <clears throat> and when it's going to matter is in the playoffs when a lot of these games are close um, and you need someone to take shots at the, like in the last uh, minute of the game, you need that guy. Damian Lillard is that guy. So, you know, I, I listen to all these podcasts and they're talking crap about the Bucks. Oh, Damian Lillard's defensive liability. You know, I hear, I hear Bill Simmons and all these people there. There's a lot of Milwaukee Bucks doubters, but at the end of the day, their offense is really good, and they have uh, a really great combination in Giannis and Dame. Um, I I am a little worried about the depth. I would like to see more contributions from uh, other guys. Chris Middleton's starting to play a little bit better, um, but overall, I, I'm I'm still I still am very confident in this Milwaukee Bucks team. I picked them as my championship team before the season. Um, that was again neck and neck with the Denver Nuggets. I'm still going to stick with that. I don't really see a reason to change it. 
Um, and, and yeah, uh, there's a lot of Bucks doubters, but I am still a believer. And now they are 14 and six, uh, playing a lot, a lot better basketball overall. Um, the other team I wanted to check on was the Dallas Mavericks because the Dallas Mavericks are a team who, um, which again, it, it's early in the season, but I was not a believer in Dallas Mavericks coming into the season. I wasn't really sure they would make the playoffs to be honest with you, but they've played pretty well overall. They're 11 and eight. I wouldn't say it's perfect. Again, there are still issues there, but they have looked pretty good. They're currently sixth in the West. Um, you know, they have a point. They're basically even on point differential. They've lost their last two, but overall the Luca Kyrie thing, when it's at its best, when they're at its best, it does look kind of devastating. It looks really good. Uh, they're really talented players. Um, you know, one of the issues is their defense isn't the greatest. They have some issues there. And you never know. I think it's always hard to trust. Um, I think a team like this that's so reliant on two players, especially when one of them um, hasn't been known to be the most reliable. And that's Kyrie Irving I'm talking about, obviously. So we will see. But Dallas, they, they have been pretty impressive. I've been relatively impressed. They just lost to the Thunder, though. So um, they gave up 126 points. Again, the defense is the issue there. They added Grant Williams, but they still need... Uh, more, I think, as a part of this defense. And it's tough. When you have Kyrie and Luka, neither of them are great defenders. You're going to have some issues. Um, but they've been playing pretty well overall. Fair enough. Uh, anything either of you want to wrap up here on the NBA before we move to the NFL? Anything else you want to mention? No, Trevor, I mean, I really uh, just wanted to see if... the Pacers good still? <laughs> uh, the Pacers are 10-8. Um, Perfect. They're, they're doing all right. You know, right where they're, they want to be. They're, they're the sixth seed in the East, so they're... Right they're where doing, they want to be. They're doing solid. I mean, yeah, people are Halliburton counting them out. had this little injury. Underdogs. Halliburton had this little injury that he's dealing with. He didn't play last night against the Heat. But overall, they still look like a fun team. They're solid. You know, they're in the mix. Um, but Brandon, did you, did you have any thoughts? Is there anything that sticks out to you? Uh, I know we were talking a little bit before the podcast about this, but anything that really stands out to you about the NBA so far? The Orlando Magic are 14-6. and six. If I'm reading this correctly, they are third in the league. The Orlando Magic. And I'm like, what's going on here? And then I realized what it is, is two of their best players went to Michigan. So that's why they're doing so well. I mean, I didn't realize, I mean, I knew like the key to success was having more Michigan players, but the rest of the NBA didn't know that. Um, but in all seriousness, the Magic seem insane, Trevor. Can you give me like a little 30-second breakdown of what's going on with this Magic team? Like, how are they so good? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a little last week, but... Uh, Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro are their two best players. They're both averaging around 20 to 21 points per game. Uh, they both have been awesome for this team. And then you have, you know, it's more than just them. They have other contributors. Jalen Suggs um, has been starting to play better, obviously. A guy that I loved coming out of Gonzaga. I loved him in the draft. He had his first couple years were a little disappointing, but he's starting to get it together. He's a really good defender. Um, you know, he's just absolutely, he gives opposing guards fits because he's constantly giving his best effort on defense and that's always fun to watch and then you have guys like cole anthony mo wagner off the bench contributing so they're a fun team i i i really need to watch them more i've watched them like once or twice but uh this orlando magic team is looking really good and we'll see if they can sustain this yeah also uh, it's silly of me to say they only have two Michigan players because they actually have four on their team uh, if you include uh jet howard and caleb houston uh, so, yeah, that's what it seems like, Ben. Uh, more Michigan players equals more success. Uh, I mean, we obviously all knew that on this podcast, but that's neither here nor there. Why don't we get um, to the NFL here um, and talk a little bit 
uh, about last week's games briefly. Um, ben, what what games really speak out to you from last week? What week twelve? What game are you like? Oh, that one we gotta we gotta circle. I don't remember who played last week, so uh, the Eagles. Bills Eagles. Yeah, sure. Eagles. Bills Eagles was last week. Bills, yes, Eagles overtime game. Um, and this is again. I think like we saw like. The the Bills are not a bad team. They they are a very good team. They are not a great team, and we saw them compete with a great team, uh, the Eagles, who are now ten and one. Some people are calling this Eagles team like the worst ten and one team, which I, I'm like, that's stupid. I don't know if you could be a bad ten and one team. Um, people are like, well, look at the the Cardinals from two years ago when they were ten and zero or eleven and zero. Oh no, this Eagles team's definitely better than that Cardinals yeah. team. Yeah. Well, I think it was more so just saying like you can be a bad ten and one team. But even that team, that Cardinals team was not a bad team. They just weren't a great team. Um. Nevertheless, if we look at this Bills team, another you know close loss away in Philadelphia. That that's not that bad. Um. But this Bills team's got to start winning some games. Um, what are they now? They're six and six. They got to win some games here. I mean, someone's going to have to play this Bills team in the playoff in, uh, in the first round. And that's not going to be so fun. If they um, make it. Yeah. If they make it. They might, um, I mean, mathematically it's looking tough. Yeah. I mean, if they can win 10 games, they have a pretty solid shot. I think, I mean, if you look at like, if we look at the schedule is difficult, that's, that's yeah, we'll, we'll go through that in a second. If you look at the conference right now, um, Teams they got to beat out. They got to beat out the Steelers, Browns, Colts, uh, Texans, Broncos. Um, I think they're better. They can beat a lot of those teams. Like they they have the 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 potential to be better than a lot of those teams. Um, if we look at the Bills' schedule, they got to play the Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins. That is going to be very difficult to get ten wins. You you were not wrong, Trevor. Um, they they got five more games here uh on on the the schedule and they got to win four of them um maybe three could sneak them in but that's that's wishing on a star there that is a tough one nine i could see nine being enough but you got to hope for a lot of teams to to lose i mean especially if you're looking at the conference like if we go back um the lowest wild card spot so they're 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 half a game out of a wild card spot um but the teams ahead of them the texans the colts the browns all teams that finished uh, towards the bottom and not in first place in their division. So they are objectively going to have easier schedules. Um, so the Bills do have an uphill battle. I, I do agree with you. Um, how many wins do you see here? I mean, Chiefs and Cowboys are going to be tough. Uh, Dolphins might be tough too. That one's away. So maybe two I see that are pretty solid. Chargers and Patriots. That puts them at eight. If they can sneak one more game, it's possible. I don't know. It's possible. It's possible, Trevor. Yeah, it's it's tough because I mean the Bills are a better team than some of these other teams that are ahead of them in the AFC. They're better than the Colts. They're better than the Browns. They're better than the Steelers. Certainly better than Steelers. But they're six and six, and it's it's math, right? Like they have to at least get ten wins, and it's going to be tough. Uh, they're I mean they're three toughest games at Chiefs, home Cowboys, at Dolphins. All three of those could be losses. Um, I I would say that. I'm going to say they'll split the Chiefs and Cowboys and they'll they'll certainly beat the Patriots and they're also going to beat the Chargers because the Chargers are bigger chokers than the Bills are. Um, I, I think it might come down to that Dolphins game, honestly. I think it might and I think they're going to have to win it and we'll see. The Dolphins might not care about that game, so that could be um, you know, an opening for them to win that game and finish 10-7. and seven. Uh, but it's gonna be close. I mean, I think we'll have to look at like what those tiebreakers would be. Like the Steelers yeah. and Browns might both be ten and seven, 
And in that case, what are the tiebreakers well, between those? You know, so I should say I actually do think nine is the game, the amount to win. But let me let me break down the. Let's say the Steelers and Browns both win three more games, which I think is pretty possible. There's still one more wild card spot, and they would just like they would need to win more games, basically. Than the Colts and Texans. I think the Texans are the team yeah, I'm looking at. Here. That's going to be tough, and I mean they got to play the Broncos, so that's that's beating up on each other. One of those teams loses. That's good for them. They got to play the Jets. That seems like a decent that's win. A win. Titans win. twice. They got to play the Colts, which is another beat up, and they got to play the Browns, which is another beat up. So I I think nine is the game, the amount to win for them. If they can win nine games, I think they can sneak in. But again, it's going to be tough. You are still, even at nine, you're wishing on some teams losing. Do we think, like, legitimately, do we think that the Texans can win four games here? I do. You do they go in four? I think the Texans will probably be 10 and seven. Uh, their schedule is it's very pretty, possible. It's pretty easy, uh, to be honest, their schedule. I mean, Broncos, and the Broncos have been good. So, like, then I guess you can look at the Broncos. If the Broncos win today, then we'll look at the Broncos' schedule a little bit more. Um, but, but it's the it, same. The it's the same thing. Team. Even if the Broncos win, that's an. I don't know. Maybe you're right. This this is looking I think, neat. I think they have to be ten and seven. Yeah, I they do. they might have to win ten. You're right. They might have to because even if the Broncos win, that they're three games away. Like I mean, let's look at the Broncos' schedule quickly here. We look at the Broncos. They have the Texans. Then they have the Chargers, Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. That is a bad schedule. That yeah. is bad. Lions I mean, is a loss, but all of those other games are winnable. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I, I can. I mean, they play the Chargers twice. The Chargers have been terrible. Uh, they play the Patriots, who are terrible, and the Raiders are under five hundred too. I mean, they, they games a bye week. They probably have at least four wins here. That's ten right there. So I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, Trevor, any games you want to poke out at uh week twelve before we we take a look ahead here? I mean, that was the best game for sure. Other than that, I mean, the Broncos continue their win streak, so that's been impressive. See, I was actually kind of surprised by that. I thought the Browns' defense was going to give the Broncos fits, and they played pretty well, so I, I don't know. We'll see if it can continue. I think there's still uh, like 5% of me that's like doubting the Broncos, and I think most people probably feel that way, but yeah, they have looked good. So we will see. Other than that, Jags-Texans, that was another good game, 24-21. Jags get the win, um, so, you know, that's a that's a— a tight matchup there, but the yeah. Jags continue to look pretty solid. Yeah, let's look forward to this coming week here. Uh, obviously, the big one is 49ers-Eagles. That's at 425. Um, the Niners are away, and they mm. are minus three-point uh, favorites, which is, that's insane. This is a big game for the Niners, I feel like. Um, I have been doubting Brock Purdy all year, uh, saying that this is like the type of game that's going to get him trouble is playing against that type of defense. Um, you know, their trouble is going to be that someone that can kind of keep up with Brock Purdy. Um, so we'll, we'll see. This is a very big game uh, for him. It's going to be very defining of how the conference is going to look. Uh, you know, if they can beat them in this game, I'm I'm going to feel much better about the Niners and Brock Purdy chances, which are already pretty decent. Like, they're pretty solid. They, they have a very fair shot at getting to the Super Bowl. Um, so this is going to be a big question mark game for them because they got to get past the Eagles. That's It's going to be troublesome to them. Um, ben, any games that look exciting to you on the Week 13 schedule? I never thought I'd say this, but, but Broncos-Texans looks like actually a really good game, which is crazy. Like a month ago, if you would have said that, or even like a month and a half ago, you would have said that, I would have been like, this is the worst game I've ever seen in my life. Um, but both teams are really, are right, really are hot right now. Those are two of our like, first cross-off teams. Yeah, so um, yeah. It should be. I mean, it should be a good game. Two quarterbacks that are playing really well, two AFC teams 
Um, I, I think I think that's one of the better games today for sure. I think it's a great game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you guys would like to mention here before we get to our cross off? Um, I mean, Niners Eagles is obviously the the one, and like that's going to be a huge test for the Niners. I think the game is more important to them than it will be to the Eagles. The Eagles can lose this game and they're still fine. Uh, but I think the 49ers, I think, I mean, just playing each other in the conference championship game and, you know, that being a blowout, I think this is a really big game for the 49ers. The only other one that I think could be interesting is Chiefs Packers, just because the Packers have been playing better. We, we will see. I mean, Jordan loves look good the past couple weeks, so we'll see if he can continue that against the Chiefs tonight. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be super interesting. I'm excited to see. Let's get to our cross off here. I feel like this is another easy week. We were already going to probably do this team uh last like we had a, you know we talked about them last week briefly uh they are now last place in the division i'm i'm nominating right off the bike here the commanders they're four and eight to make the playoffs they would probably have to win out uh get to nine and even then questionable but in the nfc you probably can get in at nine um i mean if we look at if we look at the conference um a current playoff spot has six wins so yeah you're, you're gonna have to get to nine at least um, and like I said, that means they'd have to win out, um, their next five games and they play three games that they surely are not going to win. They play the Dolphins, Niners, and Cowboys. Now I will say all of which at home, all of which are at home. Um, but look, if they win all those games, Trevor, I will, I will go crazy. That would be an insane Jumping accomplishment. Frozen Lake. Uh, their other two games, they play the Rams and Jets, um, I don't know if they'd be favored in either of those games. They're both away. I think there's a very real shot uh, that the the Commanders don't win another game. Maybe one, maybe two. Two would be a good accomplishment for them. Um, I see them finishing with five or six wins. Uh, so this is a very easy cross-off. I think there's very close to a 0% chance uh, that the Commanders make the playoffs. What do you think, Trevor? Yeah, this is an easy one. We could have crossed them off a couple weeks ago, probably. It's the Commanders. Um, the, our issue is some of these teams we crossed off early in the season, like the Texans and the Broncos, I think are probably two of the biggest ones. Uh, you might even argue like the Packers, maybe, but I think the Texans and Broncos specifically, I think one of those teams might get that seven seed. So that's that's kind of the worry here for us. Yeah. Ben, you want to wrap it up here? Yeah, Commanders, get them out of here. They stink. They're not winning however many more games they have to win, so... That's an easy one. Yeah, Brandon. Yep. Brandon really hurt us with the Texans pick, Trevor. So we're gonna have to blame him. I did. I, right. I will fully take the responsibility on the Texans pick. I watched them play in Baltimore, and they CJ Stroud looked good, but the rest of the team looked not good. Um, and the Ravens made a ton of mistakes and still beat them handedly. Uh, so I was like, oh, this team's gonna be terrible. Um, and they really have found life. They've they've been a pretty solid team. I'm interested. They do have a couple, a couple, one or two difficult games. I'm interested to see how they play in those. Stroud has been amazing though, so that that would that that one's on me for sure. Uh, but the Commanders, Trevor, they are done. They are out of here. Get them out. Um, but all right, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Uh, another good episode, of course. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy it and leave five-star review. really does help us out. Uh, go check out the website, thesmallballers.com. Link will be in the description. Uh, and, of course, as well in the description is our Twitter account, at thesmallballer. Uh, go click those, follow them up. Uh, go go check out some of our articles. Trevor wrote a preseason NBA article. It took him an incredible amount of time. It, it's so much passion, that article. Uh, yes, we're a little bit in the season. Go check out how he's doing with his ratings. What do, how do you think you're doing with those rankings? I think they've held up pretty good. I think um 
I have to look at them again. I forget a lot of them. <laughs> um, I think I think for the most part, it's doing decently well. There we um, go. And that's why yeah. you're the NBA expert. That's why you're the expert. <laughs> all right. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.